All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday, one day away from the NFL draft. Uh, talking a lot about that today. NBA just providing a lot of good stuff these last few days. Three, All three games come down to the end last night. A night after LeBron and Butler uh, had their shows. And tonight, we've got four games on the slate. We'll be talking about that throughout the show. We also, uh, as we mentioned, a lot of draft stuff. Remember, all the Pluckers locations will be represented in the greater Austin area. Get on out to your favorite tomorrow. There'll be a horn personality there taking you through the draft party. It's a lot of fun. Get on out there. Make the pick for a team. If you're right, the whole place gets a special until the next pick is made. It's always a lot of fun. I can't remember how many years this is. Six, seven, eight, nine, maybe ten, ten years. It's been a long time that we've been doing this. It's a lot of fun. Get on out to Pluckers for that tomorrow night and remember we've got the Cowboys draft coverage for you starting at 6 o'clock tomorrow night right here on the horn and uh, Rod and Harge will be out at the Pluckers Link location from 3 to 6 getting you ready for the draft. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. It is our normal Wednesday guest here on Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, by the way, and he's Isaiah Collier. The man joining us now is the one and only Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424. He's a Cowboys fan. He's excited about tomorrow night. What's up, Justin? Hey, now, what's going on, gentlemen? Man, we are getting ready for the draft. I'm going to get your thoughts on that. But um, why don't we start with the, the good news for Texas men's basketball. Uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking to you, and it's uh, been a little bit up in the air of, of where things are going. But some really good news on the front court side of things. Um, now they're you know getting to dealing with kind of the, 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 the guard part of it. But uh, what would you make of uh, Rodney Terry's week? You know, you know that last week was was pretty tough. You know, you lose Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell to to the NFL, to NBA draft, and um, obviously Ontario Morris hits the portal, and then you know your 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 new future point guard is headed to Australia to the land down under. So Rodney Terry had to be thinking, man, this first few weeks on a job, this kind of sucks, <laughs> but it's basketball, and you got the portal, and that's the beauty of it because it giveth and it taketh away. And at this stage, uh, adding Virginia Post, Caden uh, Cedric was, was, was a big get. Uh, they've got to replenish that paint, and bringing him in, uh, former starter at Virginia, is, is going to be big. But I think Dylan DeSue announcing on Sunday that he's returning was the biggest get so far. Um, that's that, that's kind of how basketball teams and at this level are going to, you know, replenish that's how they're going to do it you know you're going to lose a handful of the portal every year you're going to grab a couple from the portal every year and then hopefully sign a a couple in your in your recruiting class and so i think terry's week this week got a lot better uh just brings you saw what he did i think chris beard had him on a a podcast from obis the other day and he said you know if the doesn't get hurt he thinks texas winds up in the final four in houston i think we can all agree with that especially with, with with his performance over the last month of the season. So getting Dylan back is, is really big, not just from a, a locker room standpoint, but obviously from a, a performance standpoint. Adding Cedric is a big get. Uh, he does a lot of good things on the floor, especially on the defensive side that I think this team needs. And I think he'll be a, a, a definite add in, in the paint as well. And now they wait on Max Abnes from uh, the point guard out of Oral Roberts, who I think, I think we've actually mentioned him a few times over the last month about being a guy that, that that's going to be heavily pursued. I know Texas is in the mix. Kansas State is pushing hard as well. And so and at the end of the day, I, I really feel like 
you know, Dylan Mitchell may be a guy that winds up sticking in the draft, depending on where he goes. Tyrese Hunter, I get a, I get a feeling, you know, he's going to test the waters, but he, he's going to keep his eligibility. And so uh, that could be uh, something you can watch as well. So as bad as it looked last week with the way the team was going, it's kind of shifted back to, to a positive uh, row on this time, and uh, I, I think Rodney Terry's starting to, to get the ship back on course. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay Wells, with the draft coming up, Bijan Robinson, it seems like people are talking about him more and more every day. Every time I turn a TV on, there he is doing interviews and whatnot. But from a recruiting standpoint here at the 40 Acres, you heard Steve Sarkeesian today in Houston say he's going to be in Kansas City with Bijan. And it's been a long time that a head coach could go down to the NFL draft and support one of his offensive players. What does that mean for recruiting when guys who are getting recruited by Sark and his coaching staff see somebody like Bijan and say oh I could be that too you know I think it's a goodwill gesture uh, I think you know Bijan is an incredibly you know selfless uh, kid that, that that loves to get people involved I mean the, the truth that the stories of him hanging out with walk-ons because others weren't those are true and so I, I think he just has a glow about him a charisma and Sark wants to, to, to enjoy that. He invited him to go with him. I thought that was a big thing. Uh, I, I know he wanted to shard Choice by his side, too, as well, uh, because him and, and Coach Choice have built a, a great relationship. But, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, I'm not sure much, how much it, it, it hurts or helps when the head coach is there. But it's going to look good when, when the, you know, Sark makes those phone calls in the next few days you know, uh, going after recruits, and you're going to see shots of him on ESPN on Thursday night when, when Bijan gets drafted. That's a trickle-down effect. You know, for, for a few years, Texas was getting negative, negatively recruited in football because they weren't getting a lot of guys drafted. And now you're seeing that turn. And, and, you, and, you're gonna, and they'll reap the rewards of that in the 24, the 25 cycles, and, and on and on, because there's going to be a handful of more guys that go in the early first second rounds over the next two years in Texas. So I think it shows Sark's got this, this program in the right direction. Uh, but at the same time, and I think it's going to help with recruiting because they're going to see all, a, a lot of exposure. When, when Bijan walks across the stage, throwing up the hook'em in front of Roger Goodell is probably going to be the best recruiting point you could have. And so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be just such a good thing. I, I think it's funny that it's taken the national media a couple of months to, to, to learn about B. John Robinson because if you've paid any attention to Austin in the last three years, we've been singing his praises for a long time. And if you think he's going to get out of the top 15 picks in this NFL draft, you're out of your mind. They pick guys on potential, they pick guys on production, and they pick guys that can help the franchise. Bijan Robinson checks every single box, and that old adage that you can't spend a first-round pick on a on a running back—that that that's old-school thinking. You, if you want to get into building a real franchise, you draft the best players on the board, and Bijan Robinson is without a doubt one of the top few players on this board. So, Justin, you're saying top fifteen. So you're thinking either what Atlanta, Philly, somebody like that is going to end up with Bijan. He won't. If he's not getting past ten, if if Philadelphia stays there and gets him, that that that's okay. going to happen. Now, if someone trades up, I think you're going to see people moving up. Okay. And the reason why is like a team like Atlanta, Philadelphia needs Bijan to complete their roster. I think they become the the best team in the NFC by a wide margin 
if he enters that. The Atlanta Falcons need him for production and selling tickets and jersey sales and all that goes around it. And I think that's why you're going to see over the next 24 hours, you're going to hear some rumors coming out about teams making moves, trading up, look, you know, moving back, seeing what they can do, because I just don't think Philly's going to let Bijan go by at 10. So it's going to take somebody trading up beforehand, beforehand to grab him, or if he sits there, Bijan will go, you know, go to Philly. I, I think he fits everywhere. You, Chad, you know me. I, I, I could swear on a stack of Bibles. I really don't need Bijan Robinson in Philadelphia, <laughs> but I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be ecstatic nowhere, no matter where he goes because the kid deserves everything that he gets. But if Atlanta were to trade up and snag him, I'll have to give a, a, one of those uh, quiet fist pumps uh-huh. because, I, hey, bring back the dirty bird. You know, Jamal Anderson, he started it. Let, let, let's, well, there's a few other backs that had came through from Michael Turner, uh, Devontae Freeman, but none of them are like Bijan. Let's see what he looks like in that old-school retro Atlanta Falcons gear. I'm starting to buy into this. That'd be interesting. I wouldn't even need to trade up. They're at eight. I don't think anybody want, is going to be going after him before eight. Atlanta could just sit there and take him, right? Unless Philadelphia. That's my only thought, was Philadelphia may wow. try to move up a few spots <sighs> if they think that that's the – because, look, if you look at Philly's roster, they, they need to restock the secondary. Oh, but, yeah. look, they, like tailback is the one thing. If there's two teams in this draft that can – really solidify themselves as legitimate contenders for the next five years in the NFL, it's the Philadelphia Eagles or the Buffalo Bills. If you put Bijan in either one of those places, those programs become immensely better for the next five years. All right, stop talking about half of that. Just stop talking about half of that. We, 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 won't, we, won't, we won't talk about that. Uh, give me your uh, – well, actually, you know what? Give me a, a, one more Longhorn thought here. Let me name six guys. Uh, obviously, if Bijan goes in the first round, that gets rid of that offensive player curse for Texas has been hanging for a while. Let me give you six names. Bijan, Roshan, Ojemo, Overshown, Coburn, and Jamison. Do you think they all get drafted in this draft? No. Okay. Jamison gets left them, out? All of them except for Jamison. Yeah, okay. I think Jamison will be a very highly coveted undrafted free agent. Gotcha. And did I miss anybody? Anybody Anthony Anybody Cook? you think is going to – Anthony Cook. Okay. I think Anthony Cook could slide in in the seventh, sixth or seventh round. Okay. I think once more people look at him and, get, and he goes through his stuff, uh, he's definitely going to be picked up uh, if he doesn't get drafted. But I could see him sneaking in late. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Jay Wells, what do you think about the new schedule that will be coming out the next few years? you got Michigan on the schedule in Ohio State. And going to the SEC, it's already going to be tough enough. How do you feel about playing those Big Ten teams? I think the SEC, <laughs> I think the ADs and the, and the coaches are going to kind of snicker at Texas a little bit when that first SEC meeting hits. And they're going you know, to say something like, you know, guys, we play in the SEC, so the, the, the non-conference, these are supposed to be cupcakes. Like, the Citadel is supposed to be coming up. You know, I'd heard about Old Dominion needed a spot. Like, what are you doing picking tough schedule, picking tough programs in non-conference? This is the SEC. We don't do that. The only program in the SEC that will literally go out and play a team that's not worth crap in non-conference, it's Alabama. 
They're the only one, and that kind of makes sense because they've led the conference for the last decade. And so you've got to give Alabama and Nick Saban a lot of credit. They never back down from the tough non-conference ones. Everyone else, it's Cupcake Central, you know? And so I think they're going to look at Texas and go, what, what are you doing? You're going to Michigan, but you still have to go to Gainesville and Athens and Knoxville and Tuscaloosa. What are you doing? And Texas is going to go, this is, this is how we do business. We always play a good, a good team in non-conference. That's what, that's what uh, DeLos Dodds did for years. That's what Chris Del Conte's tried to incorporate in, in his tenure. And so I love the trips to Michigan. I think that's going to be great. It's somewhere I've never been. I would love to go up to the big house and, and, and see what that's like. Uh, you know, the Ohio State stuff, we, you know, that been there, done that. But you always want to make sure, you know, you got the Buckeyes on a schedule because that's going to be must-watch television no matter what year you're in. But, no, I think overall the SEC teams are going to look at each other and, and think, why is Texas – why are they scheduling these tough schools in non-conference? Don't they know how we do this? Don't they understand their role in the system? And Texas is going to come in and do what Texas does, what they want. And that's – Justin, it's a great point, and that's why the number of conference games is still hanging out there to me of are they going with nine – because one of the things the SEC does right now is that eight-conference game thing. That's how they continue to fix schedules, hide certain teams, build up nine- and ten-win teams that don't really exist. That's how they do it. Are they going to go to nine games with Texas and Oklahoma? That'll help fix at least a little bit of that issue you're talking about. I feel like that's probably going to be the move, but it may not be immediate. We may see that a couple years after Texas and OU are in the mix. That, it's hard to say, hmm. but I'm with you. That's kind of how – that's why you see these, some of these schools, you know, playing um, junior colleges in November right. when they're, you know, it, everyone else is in the midst of playing, you know, their conference schedule, uh, Division One. You know, you've got SEC schools looking at NIA programs like Townsend and stuff. And so, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think that will, I think that'll fix the schedule on a long-term basis. But to me, I still think one of the trickiest things the SEC does is the best teams don't play the best teams yep. until the conference championship. You're it right. is so rare that the best teams play each other in conference. And that just seems utterly ridiculous. Like on how many, on one hand, Chad, how many times has Texas A&M played Georgia since they've been in the SEC? Uh, well, I know it's definitely one hand. It is literally once. Wow. Yeah, it's one time. How, how long have they been in the SEC? They got in the SEC in 2012, and they went to Athens in 2019. I 11 know. years. Right. They went they've s- played Georgia once. One and time. Texas has played, a- has played Georgia as much as A&M has. So yeah. you could basically say Texas has played an SEC-like schedule as much as A&M has over the last 11 years. It's crazy. If you go look at how many times Bama and Georgia have played in the regular season since, like, just pick a year. I think since 08, it might be twice. <laughs> I mean, it's silly what they the do. SEC knows, hey, listen, don't get it twisted. That, that, they figured it out. Oh, yeah. No. They, they've tricked everybody. They have fooled the world into thinking this is how you do it because right. the, you know, that's where the national champion comes out of. But it's funny that they don't beat up on each other to actually get to that stage. And see, that's mm. the beauty of this, Justin. What I want to know is when the SEC puts that big old friendly southern arm around Texas and Oklahoma and explains it to them, then how the non-conference works, will Texas and Oklahoma walk away thinking, oh, 
I guess I do need to get Lamar's number. I guess I do need to look up, you know, whatever the equivalent is in Oklahoma, Chattahoochee Tech or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're Texas and they're explaining the SEC rounds to you, you must be thinking, so I don't have to play Georgia but one time in the next 11 years? <laughs> right. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. I'm in. And then OU, OU's like, hey, I don't have to play – wait a minute, I, I, I don't have to play Tennessee but one time in the next 12 years? Yeah. I'm in. Oh, man. They, uh, I hope it's they crazy. don't. I hope they can fix that, but they may just uh, keep on doing it. Uh, all right, Justin, before we let you go, <laughs> give us some cowboy thoughts here. Uh, pick 26 tomorrow night. Assuming you're right and Bijan is long gone, what do you want the Cowboys to put a star on? I, I, I'm saying, you know, you know my thoughts when it comes to the first round of drafts. You always go offensive line. Do it religiously. Mm. Get you tackles every year, unless there's a Zach Martin. Get you tackles or offensive guards. That, that's the way you build. I, I, that's the way I build inside out. But that's not the way it's going to work. Dallas needs to go. I've thought about this a lot. I think they. I would really wish they would go corner to, to kind of knock down the other side with, with, with Trayvon Diggs. But I know they brought in you know a couple of the guys, Gilmore and a few others, that mm. can probably hold it down for at least a season. I'm going tight end. And, you know, it seems to be Michael, My- Michael Myers, the kind of the, 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 the go-to guy. But I'm going to go out of the box a little bit. Give me some Dalton Kincaid. Give me the Utah tight end. Okay. That kid is freaking phenomenal. And I think he could come and do a lot of what this, this offense needs. Uh, they're going to draft uh, another wide receiver or two they're, 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 after adding a few in the offseason. They're, they're going to go better there. But here's what we need to do. Cowboys are going to have to go running back earlier than they want because with Zeke gone and with Pollard coming off of his injury, you're going to have to draft at least one, if not two, to make sure that 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 running back room is at least solid. It cannot be a, well, we'll just grab a couple rookie free agents and see how it works. This offense isn't going to flow without that, 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 that running game. And, and we don't know, you know when Pollard's going to be 100%. So that's what I'm – I've started envisioning a Rashawn Johnson in the second or third round there, or, or, or a number of tailbacks. The two-lane tailback, I think, if he was available, would be a steal. And so that first, that first round pick needs to, go to, needs to go at tight end. I would take Meyer. I would take Schultz – or Kincaid, rather. But – you know, the next few rounds are really going to be what's telling. They need another safety. They need another corner. You know they're going to go defensive line because that seems to be a, a big emphasis over the last few seasons. But they're going to have to look at running back pretty early because that room went from a strength to a borderline weakness. Hmm. Jay Wells, last one for me. How frustrated are you as a Mass fan watching Jalen Brunson go crazy for the Knicks? Oh, that's just a rude question. <laughs> I, I'm not frustrated. I love Jalen Brunson. Like I, I was one of the guys on the table saying, "Listen, give the guy a max deal. He may not be a max caliber, you know, basketball player, but he's a max caliber franchise player." What Brunson did for the Mavericks and for Doncic was so underrated. We just now are seeing the repercussions of that decision. It's almost similar to when Steve Nash left, except. Actually, Dirk's game raised over the next few seasons when Nash left. And so now it's going to be Lucas' turn. He's going to have to kind of raise that game. I, I, I love seeing Brunson do well. I think he's a great guy. I loved him at Villanova. I thought he did a lot of good things for the Mavericks. I thought he gave him an opportunity to re-sign him and to stay. 
He wanted to go home. He wanted to go the highest bidder. You can't blame him. It burns a little bit. It burns a little bit that Dallas isn't in the playoffs, but then there's that number 10 pick. And if they get re- if Kyrie stays in the mix, I think you're going to have a good little foundation for something to build on over the next season or two. Brunson is hard to hate. Yeah, he is. He is hard to hate. I don't care where he plays, man. He's just a guy you you feel yourself yeah. pulling for. That's Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com, at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, we appreciate it, brother. Enjoy the draft tomorrow night and over the weekend, and uh, we'll review everything with you next week. Appreciate it, fellas. Nothing but love. Good. Thanks, Jay Wells. Good stuff. All right, Justin Wells in that group of people that says, yeah, Bijan's going first round. He says Bijan may not even get out of the top ten. And he's going to end up somewhere. Have you ever done the Dirty Bird? Me? Yeah. You remember the Dirty Bird? Ah, ah, ah. I like, remember it. I don't think I've ever done it. No. Ah, 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 down up. I've never actually done the Dirty oh, Bird. Oh, man. Dirty Bird was so cold. I could, I mean, I guess I could. It didn't look that difficult, but I've never done it. Okay. That was Jamal Anderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was good. That was good. So I really wish, because I think it started on the field, but it was in that time period where they brought him to the sideline. You couldn't celebrate in the end zone for part of it. Okay. Some of it was out on the field. Then even when they kicked him out, he did it on the sideline. That was good stuff, though. Yeah, I was doing the dirty bird in flag football, and they were like, hey, you play for the Ravens. Yeah. Like, it's a bird, ain't it, damn it? <laughs> it's got wings? <laughs> yeah. It's got wings? Yeah, I'm black like a raven. Come on, come on now. <laughs> Thanks to Justin for his time. Uh, more draft talk coming up. NBA's got four games tonight. We'll get you set up for that. Plus, up next in a flex segment, we got an offer and commitment to talk about for the Flex family. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. All right. Rolling through a Wednesday. All right, this is, I heard a rumor, is that the name of the song, or just rumor? Yeah. Is this Bananarama? There we go. Okay, there it is. Bananarama, for some reason when it started, I had Jody Watley in my head, but then I realized, no, 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 wait, I think this is something else. Uh, shout out to Jody Watley, if she's still out there, I loved her too. Bananarama, Sal Soul Orchestra, and Aerosmith, all on the show today. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Draft coming up tomorrow. We've talked about uh, the draft party out at Pluckers. Get on out to your favorite Pluckers location. Sign up to pick for teams. If you get the pick right for a team, if you get the pick right, it's a special for the entire place until the next pick is made. It's a lot of fun out there, especially since we've got two Texans picks picks early, a Cowboys pick later on, the Bijan Robinson pick probably happens tomorrow night, so there's a lot going on there. Check out hornfm.com for the very latest info uh, on that. A lot of good text rolling in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Someone just sent us a 24-7 sports uh, mocked-up report that Ralphie the Buffalo is now in the portal and is headed somewhere <laughs> else. Well done. That's well played. Well played uh this also uh we're getting some thoughts in on the draft says remember cowboys either drafted or signed as a free agent the kid from florida state looked pretty darn good last year so he may have a bigger role this coming season that's ronald jones i'm assuming that they're referencing right isn't that where ronald went to school i don't remember ronald jones went to school i think ronald jones was florida state 
I know he just came from the Bucks, but I do think he went to Florida State. You know, before we get into the flex segment chat, yeah. with, with Dion, guys that are leaving that came with him from Jackson State, that is alarming. But you're going to have to remember, Jackson State, HBCU, and Colorado are two completely different places. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Completely a lot, different communities. Yeah, it's almost like a lot of people thought when he told them, hey, go ahead and get in that portal, that he was talking to a bunch of the kids in the Colorado locker room. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was also talking to some of the Jackson State guys. He was like, talking to everybody. Hey, you guys may not work here either. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because you're going for the coach and you want to play at a Power 5 conference somewhere like the Pac-12. I get that, but you still got to go to school. You still got to like living in that part of, what, outskirts of Denver, you know, that's a big transition. Yeah, no, that's Especially true. if you're coming from Jackson State, Mississippi. That's true. You're right. No, that's a big, it's a big, big change. Of course, Ronald Jones is USC. Oh. My bad. My go. bad on that, so I'm not sure who they're referencing there with Florida State. Give me a little uh, more clarification on the Florida State guy you're talking about. All right, uh... A lot of stuff going on today. We'll get into some of the NBA matchups tonight. First off, let's get you that quick flex segment, an offer, and a commitment to talk about. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, here's a commitment for you. Go get that Pac-12 education, young man, and go to a beautiful part of the country. Tyler Knapp, the offensive lineman, three-star out of Westlake, has committed to Cal. That is a beautiful part of the country up there. Yo, smart fella. Yeah, Northern California, obviously a good student. Uh, listed here as a three-star from what I'm seeing. All district, all state. This is his senior year, and uh, he's already made that commitment. So right now, a verbal commit to Cal. 6'4", 280. Congrats to Tyler making that choice. Also, Zay, we continue to see more and more names on the list for Peyton Morgan, the talented uh, defensive back, four-star DB out of Weiss, listed here at 6'1", 175. TCU's on the list. He's now gotten an offer, uh, and he was giving them a shout-out on Twitter. So I'm seeing TCU, Baylor, Colorado, U of H, Texas Tech, Vanderbilt, and Nebraska, just to name a few. Give you the idea of the kind of teams that are looking at Peyton Morgan. Some big-time schools right there. Yeah, so now we'll start to see um, kind of where the discussion goes with Peyton Morgan. Does he start to get some offers maybe from a little more of that blue blood group in college football? Because obviously there's some, there's some teams that can play in that group I just mentioned. But they're also those groups that will grab a guy that is like a three-star, maybe a low four-star, and do, and do all kinds of stuff with them. Mm-hmm. And then point to the draft and go, you realize people draft our guys, right? Like, you get that? Oh, TCU has plethora of guys uh-huh. in this draft this year. Yeah. Uh, so best of luck to uh, Peyton Morgan and to Tyler Knapp in their senior year coming up. And uh, another offer for Morgan. And again, Knapp deciding he is committing to Cal. Very cool. All right. So tonight, Zay, we're all going to need the coffee. We're all going to need to figure out a way to stay up. We get a double, double header in the NBA. And it is big time teams in every game. You got Knicks Cleveland at six on NBA TV, followed by Miami Boston at 8.30. Then they go Lakers Memphis 6.30 TNT, followed by Golden State and Sacramento. Only the Golden State series won't end for sure. 
The other three could, and they're all road teams trying to close it. So Knicks, uh, Heat, and Lakers all trying to win on the road to close these series out. But what a night, especially based on what we just saw, what we saw Butler and LeBron do. Now they've on a one night turnaround, on a one, you know, only one day off in between, those guys have to try to recharge the battery. Yeah, and we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the best game tonight is the 2 2 series tie with the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors back in Sacramento for game five. And the big question is how will De'Aaron Fox's finger affect the game? And, you know, he looked good shooting the ball against Casper. Now, keep that in mind. He was shooting the ball dry, just, you know, taking shots, jump shots. It wasn't a game situation where. So you, you saw know, him trying to kind of work it out and yeah, see. Yeah, and he was knocking right. it down. Okay. He was knocking it down. Looked like the same form and everything. You saw the last shot he hit to make it 125 or 126 before, uh, you know, when it was a four point game mm-hmm. and it became a one point game with the three he hit. Uh, he looked fine. His jumper looked fine. It looked smooth. The same shot that he's been killing the Warriors with the whole series. But what happens when he has that one deflection where yeah. the ball hits his hand and ricochets somewhere else and he feels it or he goes for that one block or he just catches the ball. We've all had that moment where you're just trying to catch a normal pass like we always do in basketball and your finger jams. You know, there's yeah. all these things coming to mind. And, you know, plus you're playing against guys like Draymond Green who know you got a finger issue. They're going to test it. Sure. Some way it might not be the cleanest thing, but they're going to test it. They might not even mean to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. There could just be an inadvertent slap, you know, here and there. That's a good point you bring up about the ball. I hadn't even thought of that. You and I were talking about guys slapping at your hands, but the ball itself can cause issues. Do you think he'll go with some kind of a wrap or oh, yeah, whatever? He has to. It's he, like the. He has the, to protect the, it some way. It's the tip of the index finger on the left hand. Right. So there's. So think it's taped up in some way yeah you're gonna have to protect it but also there's that balance on protecting it and keeping it as free as possible where he could still be the same player or close close to the same player like getting the balls in his hands all the time he's creating like he's the reason why it's tied right now he was the only one that played well when they went to golden state Mm -hmm. so he's they need him and they're gonna need him to stay with that same aggression i like what he said like there ain't no way i ain't playing in this game and with the warriors now having the momentum what is steve Kerr gonna do with draymond green is he gonna start him tonight because he didn't start him in that game four. He let him come off the bench and let looney start with wiggins Poole, clay thompson and steph what is he going to do tonight? We'll see the adjustments there. We know Looney dominated Sabonis in, in, uh, in San Francisco in those two games, dominated him on the boards. It's Sabonis, the same Sabonis that he was in the first two games before getting stomped on. He hasn't looked the same to me. So is that affecting him? Malik Monk hasn't looked the same in Golden State than he did in Sacramento. They need more out of Kevin Herter. He was trashing game four. Keegan Murray kind of came along in game four, so that's promising for the Kings. But, yeah, man, with the Warriors, just having that championship DNA, that's so important. And Jordan Poole finally getting his rhythm and confidence back, that's also important. It's going to be a fun game tonight for sure. So back to the Steve Kerr decision here, I was about to suggest do you just, you know, go with Draymond and Looney or maybe you you know go with Draymond and, and leave Looney on the bench but would you maybe go with Looney at the beginning leave Draymond on the bench to start with because then you can affect the crowd a little bit 
if you if you put Draymond out there right at the beginning, they're they, going to boo him every time. He they're right it. away, yeah. right, right away. <laughs> Instead, maybe you let the game happen a little bit, hope that you end up with a good start, and then you're injecting Draymond in once the game gets going. I, I, I wonder what it what it's going to look like, uh, especially with the, what you're talking about with Looney. The fact that Looney was so effective when he was out there and Draymond wasn't. I wonder if Steve Kerr is going to... And then, is Draymond giving Kerr any advice again? Because that's why it happened, apparently. Draymond went to Kerr and said, by the way, I can come off the bench if you need me to. Mm -hmm. Like, if you feel like that's a good idea, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, and remember, Golden State's record this year on the road, trash. Oh, that's true. So keep that in mind. You know, they're going to need to get one. Steve Kerr might need to start himself. (laughs) Exactly. Just to try to shake it up, right? Yeah, he probably can still shoot it. If you leave him in that corner, I'd contest it because that dude, he can knock down shots during his playing days. But, yeah, that's a good point, Chad. Again, what are they going to do with Draymond? Do you bring him in early? Do you, you know, start him with Looney? The beautiful thing for the Warriors' sake, Jordan Poole finally got that rhythm. So you feel comfortable him starting or coming off the bench. And Mm -hmm. he hasn't played well in game one and two on the road, Jordan Poole. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, man, I, I'm really looking forward to it tonight. It's going to be a hell of a hell of a game. And Harrison Barnes, you know, we're going to talk about him in, uh, maybe in the next seven. We'll oh, see. Oh, okay. We'll see. Right. But, yeah, okay. you know, uh, I know he's still replaying that missed three-pointer in his mind. Oh, That's I'm, a tough one. I am sure he is. Uh, yeah, it's four really interesting games tonight. Knicks trying to close that series in that first game. Then you got Miami trying to finish in Boston, the Memphis-LA game, and then, of course, Golden State and Sacramento. Big night in the NBA. We'll be talking about that. Coming up at 2.05, Chip Brown, Horns247.com. He was at the Steve Sarkeesian Houston event today as they start the barnstorming, talking to fans. We'll see what Sark had to say there and get Chip's thoughts on Bijan and the draft and Texas men's basketball and uh, the week that they've had. Up next, though, it is where we at in society. We'll see if Zay wants to hit that NBA story or something else. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Like that. Song is like Nuke Lelouch. Announce your presence with authority. Get in. Do I have any shot here, Zay? Yeah, you should. Yeah? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, we got the growl going. Um, From the boogie, there is no beginning and there is no end. Come on, come on. Is that Big George? From who? No? Like a little P-Funk? No. No? All right, who is it? Cool in the gang. Whoa! My bad. Spirit of the Boogie. Okay. See, I'm used to that smoother delivery from the singer of Cool in the Gang. Is this the lead singer of Cool in the Gang that I'm familiar with getting all growly on me? Well, it's probably somebody else. Okay. Cool in the Gang did have a few people on stage. Cool in the Gang wasn't exactly a three-piece. Oh, they were a gang. (laughs) (laughs) They were a crew. Wasn't called Cool in the Group. Yeah. It was called Cool in the Gang. Man, that's some great stuff. Cool in a couple guys. Oh, God. They were, yeah, they were fantastic. That is definitely, that's one of the bands I wish I'd seen in the the heyday, too. Wish I'd have gone to a Cool in the Gang show back in the day. Did not get that done. I don't know if Cool in the Gang is still out there. 
need to go see them if they are. Mm, need to go yeah. see. Whatever's left to cool in the gang, I want to check it out. Uh, I know Earth, Wind, and Fire and Lionel Richie are coming. That's, okay. a, hell, that's a hell of a sh- show right there. So where else? Where and the, I haven't seen either one, and they're both hitting Moody Center this year, I think. Where are the rest of the Commodores? Uh, I don't know. Do they have a falling out? Like, were they salty when Lionel started, you know, going all night long and stuff? I don't know the full story of that. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what Lionel would tell us about that. Because it's weird. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Are they coming together? Earth, Wind, and Fire, and, and Lionel, Lionel. Richie? Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing now they're both, that's both monster acts. I get, my guess would be Earth, Wind, and Fire opens that show and Lionel is the headline. Cause he's, I don't know. Because he's Lionel Richie? I don't know. But Earth, Wind, and Fire's monsters, too. Yeah, but I don't know where the Commodores are. I don't know how healthy everybody is. Lionel, shame on you if you're not touring with those guys still. Those are your boys. Without them, there wouldn't be a you. That's true. I don't know what that story is. I do not know what that story is with the, with the Commodores and Lionel. All right, so Cool and the Gang, Bananarama, Sal Soul Orchestra, and Aerosmith have all been a part of the show today. Remember, it is Wednesday and no Texas baseball tonight. They got it done last night, 18-3 that over, way. over Texas Southern. Good grief, Zay. Run the score up. Whatever nerves you had were certainly gone early. It was 14 to nothing after three. Yeah. Yeah. When they asked for the run roll, we should have been like, hell no. We play until the end. We running the score up. <laughs> Let's get everybody's confidence back. What we saw this past weekend can't be happening. Yeah. They got the confidence back, I would assume. 18 3 last night. So with no Texas baseball, we got the full Wednesday lineup for you. Ball Don't Lie, of course, comes up at three. Seven o'clock, Wednesday night flex, getting you all the high school sports, uh, the very latest. Eight o'clock, Longhorn Blitz podcast. Talking Longhorn football fight night with Eddie and Jordan at nine, talking about the fight game, and then at ten, sports guys talking wrestling. Stu and Justin getting into some uh, pro wrestling talk. The very latest from all the different organizations, including WWE, adding a new championship belt apparently in the last week. All right, so uh, lots of stuff happening. We got Chip Brown coming up here from Horns247.com. He was in Houston today with the Sark event as they're starting the the barnstorming, going around talking to. Um, fan groups around the state and starting in Houston today. That's coming up, but right now, where are we at in society? Let's see what Zay wants to get to. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what do you got today? All right, Chad, check those DMs so you get a gist of the topic today. Here we go. Wit Game 5 tonight in Sacramento. Sacramento Kings versus the Golden State Warriors. A little more info has came out about a couple of players on both teams. We all know Harrison Barnes, he was once a part of the Golden State Warriors, and that was a team that drafted him out of North Carolina, and they won a ring together in 2015 with Draymond, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala. That was Steve Kerr's first one against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we know what happened the next year. They lose. Draymond, big part of the reason why, gets kicked out of the game, doesn't get to play in game five. The Cavs win game five, game six, game seven, and end up winning the championship. So somehow the Warriors got in their minds We will never be able to beat the Cavs again. Even though we beat them in 2015, a lot of people will say that's because Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving didn't play. So I get that. But a healthy Cavs, Draymond, the front office, they thought we can't beat these guys. We have to get better. Mm -hmm. So we know what happened. They get Kevin Durant. They get better. They win two in a row back-to-back. And in order to get Kevin Durant, they had to lose some pieces Harrison Barnes was one of them. We see Harrison Barnes on the Sacramento Kings now. So we've talked about it. Harrison Barnes, he has a right to be petty. 
He has a right to be butthurt, angry. That's tough. You know, you trade me away and then you win without me. That's hard to take. You're a competitor. That's tough. So people forget the person who was the ringleader of getting Kevin Durant to the Warriors was Draymond. I think Clay and Steph, they were going to let the front office deal with it because they thought, hey, we just missed some opportunities. Draymond, really, it's your fault that we lost. Mm -hmm. If you were to play, we would have went back-to-back 2015, 2016. It didn't happen that way. But Draymond was like, no, we can make some things happen. I'm good friends with KD. I know him. Let me contact him and see what's up because they just got done playing in the uh, – uh, Olympics, Olympics or international, yeah. yeah, they're in the Olympics again, which Harrison Barnes, ironically, was there too. Like, he has that 2016 gold medal hmm. that a lot of those guys have. Okay. So, got rid of Harrison Barnes, bring in Kevin Durant. Harrison Barnes gets married, Chad. Okay. He invites. Just recently. I don't know if it was or recently, recently, but right. during, I guess, from then to now. Yeah, somewhere during the time. Okay. He was on the podcast with Richard Jefferson, or Richard Jefferson was on his podcast, and he told RJ. Yeah, the dude invited Steph, Clay, everybody to his wedding except me. Oh, no. Harrison Barnes didn't invite Draymond to the wedding? Yeah. Man. I'm with it. Sorry, bro. It would bring, I guess it would bring with it a certain vibe, but I mean, as long as they were getting along, I mean, I guess so that would tell us Harrison thinks that Draymond, because it's not direct. If, if Draymond's idea led to you getting moved, that's one thing, but. Does he think Draymond wanted him off the team? Is that what it is? That I mean, the message? It's more of wanting Kevin Durant more than you. Okay. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know what, let's try again next year. Instead of taking the blame, because Draymond could have easily said, you know, it's just straight up my fault. That's on let's me. Let's try it again yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. Like it's on me. I shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the game. I shouldn't have got as many texts to put us in this uh, situation to get kicked out right. and not be available for game five. But instead he said, nah, man, let's not even, if we get to that point, let's not even risk it. Let's just put KD on our team and we're just going to roll through everybody. And we got to get rid of somebody. And Harrison Barnes is that somebody. So, mm. and our Richard Jefferson, who was on the Cavs team that won it, he got an invite. Ain't that a B? <laughs> he got an invite. I don't know if he went, but I like that he was on the opposing team I... that just beat us. And mm. he gets an invite in front of Draymond. So, yeah, it's petty, but also for somebody who is married, that is a very special day. You do not want any distractions. You don't want anybody there messing up the vibe. You don't want anybody there that could, you know, just you have any bad blood with. It's supposed to be a happy, beautiful day. Yeah. You want your wife to be locked in and to have her perfect wedding. So if anything's going to alter that, and if Draymond's that person, you ain't invited, dog. I don't care if we want or not. Maybe the wife was like, look, this needs to be my day. I feel like he'll take some of my day. <laughs> it's Draymond Green. I feel like he'll be noticeable at my wedding. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, Steph... Tell Steph he can bring that lovely wife of his. He can bring his daughter, who's an incredible character. Tell her to yes, she'll look great in a in a dress. Make her the flower girl. Make, she can be the flower girl. Everything's fine. Nope. Clay, tell him to bring the family. Draymond, maybe we stay away. Yeah, maybe. I maybe. mean, he is a distraction, so I get it. <laughs> That's funny. And think about Draymond open bar. Oh my God! Yeah. Yo, I see that'd be a little wild. It is one of those things, though. I don't have many things that I would consider like guy rules or man's rules or anything like that. But as a guy, to me, if you really do have any issues about being invited or not being invited to a wedding, eh, if it's not family, it's not that big a deal. 
I mean, it really is not. It, it, that that just doesn't register with me. Like, I, I mean, for if I'm if I'm looking on Draymond's point of view, I can be a little salty about that because it's just business. Harrison Barnes should know be better. If you didn't want to get traded, maybe you should have knocked some shots down in that game seven so we could have won because Harrison Barnes missed a ton of shots, well, a ton of shots in that game. That's true. And I'll say, uh, let's go pre-petty. Before the pettiness even gets started, I could argue to Barnes, you just got to throw him the invite. He's probably not coming. He, he probably doesn't care enough about you to come. You need to invite him, though, because otherwise it'll look obvious and he'll never forget. So, but yeah, but would, maybe Harrison Barnes wanted this. Maybe he wants exactly this because he knows it'll stay in Draymond's head. And for the rest of his life, Draymond will think, man, he didn't invite me to his wedding. And if anybody ever asked Harrison, he'd go, yeah, he's right. Yeah. I didn't want him at my wedding. Yeah, because why would you risk Draymond coming to compliment the wife? Oh, let me see the ring. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at mine for 2018. How's that look? <laughs> that don't look too good, does it? <laughs> that don't seem too good. That's like, fair. you know. He could be blinging with that ring on. See, that is the biggest worry. That the, and the bride probably is the one that made that choice, too. She thought, oh, no, he'll bring all his rings. No, yeah. no. Got to hear about his wife. Draymond's going to bring his wife, obviously. No. You got to bring sure. her. Got to hear about her and them having a good time, benefiting off them being champions and stuff. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. It was the right move, Harrison. That, I'm with you. That is complex right there. All right, there you go. Uh, great NBA drama story. Harrison Barnes does not invite Draymond to the wedding because of... But invite Steph and Clay. But invite Steph and Clay. Steph and Clay. Now, he said Steph, Clay, everybody to his wedding. I would love to know what that means. Everybody. Did he invite Steve Kerr, Mike Brown, (laughs) coaching staff, (laughs) trainers, right? The team doctors got invited. The GM got invited. Andrew Bogut. (laughs) Guys that were barely a part of that dynasty. Uh, The question would be, did he invite LeBron? At least he didn't invite LeBron. Yeah. I mean, he could have gone that step. <laughs> Richard's one thing, but he didn't invite LeBron or Kyrie Irving. That was the Kyrie Irving game, right? The Kyrie Irving series? Yes. Yeah. It so, would have been mucked up if Harrison Barnes would have invited KD. Ooh, that was Because they won together again. They were on that Olympic team 2016, Durant and Harrison Barnes, so they have a relationship. Now, that would have been a great <laughs> side move. That would have been the curveball. Don't invite Draymond, but invite Kevin Durant. That would have been good. Harrison Barnes, that's fantastic. All right, there you go. Where are we at in society? Zay brings it to you every day about 1.45. Up next, it's Chip Brown of Horns247.com. He's driving from Houston where Sark was speaking today. He'll let you know what the Longhorn coach had to say. Plus, we'll talk Bijan and the draft and some other stuff with Chip right up next on The Horn.